hello. Welcome to the War Report. I am your host, Cyrus, H underscore visibility on Twitter. And I said that I would do this in three takes, and I fucked up in the first three seconds about three times already. So let's get into it. <laughs> this might be a rough one. <laughs> uh, it's good to be back. I, I will say that for the most part. Uh, we're going to get into war games starting out. There will be no in the trenches because I think all the new segments that I did put kind of goes what's going to be said on the show. I think the only thing that I will say for in the trenches will be that Alex Reynolds, who was part of a multi-man tag match on AEW not too long ago, said that he wasn't concussed. That drag spot was planned and him just laying unconscious, unmoving not even a wiggle was completely planned. That's kind of just all I got. Um, I didn't have a lot of time to look at any news. It is finals week. And I finished the semester. So I am free. Yeah. Let's all just give a sigh of relief and an applause for me. Now let's get into war games. And you see the battle scars from this war games match. War games is our match. And that is undisputed. So, for War Games, I'll say I listened to the A show, and personally, I don't feel like I can say which one I liked more. But I would say I am gravitated to the men's one more than the women. But I liked a lot of stuff that the women's the women did versus what the men did. Honestly, same rating for me. I think they're both fantastic matches. I love War Games. I love Survivor Series. I like Elimination Chamber. I just like matches like these. So there was honestly no way that these matches weren't going to do anything for me. Looking into next year for War Games, I'm wondering what these War Games pay-per-views are going to be like. Once this NXT class is over. Because Undisputed Era has been in every single one. <laughs> so there, there, there's going to be a weird shift. Uh, hopefully next year we'll probably see like, you know, like Dexter Loomis in there. In there. Probably uh, Santos Escobar and his crew. God knows. Um, but let's move on. And the North American Triple Threat match. Um, I don't know, man. I really, really wish Leon Ruff would have taken it. Uh, and I know I didn't say the results for the War Games matches because I'm going to get into those when I talk about NXT. Both of those results uh, confuse me slightly. But um, I don't, I don't know how I feel about the Triple Threat match. Johnny, uh, Johnny being a three-time North American champion, I don't know if that sits well with me, big fella. I, I, I just don't know. And the interferences with the ghost face, uh, the ghost faces that Damian Priest decided to give all his attention towards. Y'all know how I feel about interferences. They just don't truly do it for me. Even in this triple threat, I just feel like it truly wasn't necessary. And it's revealed that the one of the ghost face ghost faces is Austin Theory. I'm not 
sure how that went. Maybe they should talk about that, you know, when he was just like, I'm on the I quit thing and talk about Johnny kind of just like approaching him. They had a chance to do that on Wednesday and they kind of didn't. But we'll we'll get into that when we get into that. But hopefully this doesn't result in Leon Ruff getting pushed towards the back. I know NXT is in a weird spot, like a weird sort of log jam, sorta. But I, I hope Leon Rush, uh, I mean Leon Ruff, <laughs> uh, may, uh, features gets featured on the show more. And just for some quick hits, because this pay-per-view is fairly short, and I'm just going to talk about the singles matches. Thatcher, Ciampa. I like it, but I don't like the result. I'm going to keep it real. I don't think Ciampa should have won that at all. And I know that like one defeat doesn't mean that the feud is over, but this shit just kind of looking silly to me. Like, I don't know, man. That they just doing some weird shit with Thatcher. Like, I like how he works. I like the matches that he's a part of. Obviously, like this match being right after the Women's Wars game match, which was like very violent and just just full of all spectacular stuff. I know this. This match didn't get the fanfare that it probably should have had, uh, should have gotten. I thought it was a really good match, but having to follow up the women's wars game match was it was doomed to start. And Chompa winning, that I'm surely that doesn't excite a lot of people because it doesn't excite me. Grimes and Loomis's strap match. I thought this match was really fun. I thought the way that the strap was used, pause, was really good. I. <laughs> I liked when uh, Cameron Grimes and Loomis were basically just like reversing and I caught it. I was just like, oh man, the rope or like the strap is really getting like hooked around his uh, Grimes' leg. I wonder if that's going to be used. And then uh, <laughs> Loomis is just janks it and then Cameron Grimes hits his face on the ladder. I thought that was like fantastic work there. I love the psychology of it, quote unquote. But I, I thought it was really fun. I was really surprised that Dexter Loomis got the win. But wasn't present on NXT this week. That is very weird to me. And Cameron Grimes eating an additional loss this this Wednesday. just It, it, it puzzles me, man. But uh, I think that's it for War Games. I don't think I'm forgetting anything. But for the women's War Games matches. Yeah. And honestly, if I forget something... Maybe I'll edit it in post. <laughs> Fuck it, who knows? <laughs> but uh, we're gonna get into NXT. It's Wednesday, and the champion is back. Now, some people love me, and some people hate me. But if you want to get to know me, you better come see me in this ring. January 6th, New Year's Evil. If Cameron, uh, not Cameron, if Karrion Cross and Finn Balor is the main event, then what the fuck? Uh, I think everything is being done wrong here. But uh, NXT starts with Finn Balor making his announcement that he is kind of 
cleared. Like he, he, he is cleared. I like that. He said, you know, the time for team sports is over. We could finally get on with like the real shit. And honestly, war games was possibly stopping a lot of things like Finn Balor may have not actually been cleared when he came out before, but they just had to make his presence known, but it was war game season. So it war games matches kind of just took priority. And I understand that, that it's whatever to me, but, uh, Kylo, uh, no first Pete Dunne, Kylo Riley, and then Damian Priest comes out to sort of bother Balor in a sense, or make their championship aspirations known. And no, this don't work for me. This does not work for me at all. I, I said it for the Champa and uh, I said it for Champa and Thatcher. Just because one loss doesn't mean it's over. But Kyle, Kyle being like there, no, he already kicked the ass pretty hard. Like y'all kicked each other's ass. Y'all don't need to do that again. Pete, you just lost War Games. Get out of here. Damian Priest, you lost the North American Championship and you lost uh, sort of like your rematch. Get out of here. Like, I don't think anybody there was like deserving of a championship shot. So why the fuck are you all like all five of y'all here? And also you guys have like unresolved issues to deal with. Pete has his thing with uh, Killian Dane. He also has a stain with Kyle O'Reilly, I guess, if they want to continue that. And Damian Priest still has a stain going on with Leon Ruff, which they talk about later on that night. And we'll, we'll talk about the other thing. So I'm just like, why are you guys here? I think the only people that like should have been in that segment is Kushida, Loomis, and Ciampa, unfortunately. Those are the three people that seem to be, well, I feel like they are at the top, I guess. Like, shit, even Bronson Reed could have came out and just, like, had a little feud for, uh, you know, uh, Christmas or, you know, whatever it may be for the end of the year stuff. But these three guys, no, get the fuck out of my ring. Scarlet comes out. It, it, he He's finally here. Karrion Cross is finally back finally making his presence known and then later on the show well damien priest has some choice words saying to scarlet that uh cross should you know handle his own business and letting his shawty do it and word got back to him <laughs> Karrion crossley uh came out later on the show and bodied priest in pretty good fashion he signed himself up for the job and he's out and with Damian Priest being out, it left Leon Ruff without a partner for his match with Johnny Gargano and uh, Austin Theory. And Kishida offers his services. It still sucks that uh, Kushida is kind of just stuck at a red light while Karrion Cross and Finn Balor do their thing. But hopefully whenever that's over, he's next up for that. Kushida just needs to be. I I don't want him to be North American champion. I truly want him to be NXT champion. Both of them work for either or works like like great, but I would like for him to be NXT champion. I think he just deserves it. <laughs> and speaking of Gargano and Austin Theory, they kind of just 
have a uh, they have a segment later on the show. This could have been a quick hit, but I'm just gonna hit it now. They just have a a quick segment talking about like Indy Hartwell and Austin Theory being the future, which is great, all well and good, I guess. And Candice LeRae uh, has broken her wrist, I believe. She's wearing a cast, and I believe there's a split as well. I'm not sure. And there was a picture of her in a sling after War Games last night. So she's out. And a lot of people are out, and we'll get to that uh, in quick hits. But next, I have a big, big, big question. Raquel gets the pin on Io Shirai in War Games, but this week, Io Shirai runs up on Tony Storm, kind of setting up a, you know, a championship match between them. And not between Shirai and Raquel, which I'm truly confused by. And it only added to further confusion when Raquel beats Ember Moon all on her own, which is great. Uh, And Rhea Ripley comes out to restart that feud. I'm, I'm just confused. And why wouldn't you just let Tony Storm get the pin? Was there a miscommunication or something weird that happened at War Games where she couldn't do the finish? But I, it is what it is. Uh, speaking of the main event, which was Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon. Ember Moon? What, what, what y'all doing with old girl? What is the, uh, what is the plan here? I I get having a extra body in the women's division, especially Ember Moon's great. So just having her in the women's division doesn't hurt it at all. But I'm just like to have her lose fairly often. I don't, I don't really know. Like I w- I'm not expecting her to get the Finn Balor booking, where you know she kind of just like beats everybody or you know makes people. Well, I get I guess she's making Raquel, but I I, I don't know. I don't. Definitely Raquel should have gotten the win, like, you know, well-deserved. But, like, what are y'all doing with her? Because it's only going to be a uh, it's only gonna be a certain amount of time before a win over Ember Moon doesn't matter to me. <laughs> and I know I'm not the general consensus of the world, but, like, you know, I don't want Ember Moon to be, you know, quote-unquote jobber status. Or when she comes out, you know, I kind of just don't care. Because I think she is a very good wrestler. And for quick hits... Like I said, a lot of injuries that happened at War Games. There's a video package on it, and there's a lot of people missing on the show. Um, Candice LeRae uh, hurt her wrist. Dakota Kai hurt her goddamn everything. Shotzi Blackheart, shit. She hurt something. I don't, uh, I don't remember the video package too well. I should have written it down. Adam Cole, definitely out. He has had rib injuries before, and he took that bitter end onto the chair. This guy is insane. Uh, Who else was there at War Games? Bobby Fish, who has a torn torn tricep, I believe. That that just sucks. (laughs) Oni had a little thing on his eye, but it was whatever. He was uh, there. On uh, on this Wednesday episode, so he was good. But other quick hits, I I'm I'm so puzzled by NXT's 
uh, Hitman Champa, <laughs> where he just goes, he just spiels and just says, "Yo, I'm, I'm, I'm getting you next." You know, I, w- I want your ass. And he got Cameron Grimes and uh, and Thatcher. Thatcher was present. I guess they're gonna continue that for uh, that feud in some shape or form. Thatcher doing. I guess he was just there to study. And then there'll be a thatch thatch can whatever uh, school thing he does. And I don't know. M- maybe he got his number. Maybe we'll see something similar to like um, when he was fighting Damian or going against a Damian Priest, and he was just like, "This is his move." This you know, just really studying and just like uh, showing us like boxing tapes or whatever. I think that'd be cool, and they could have another match. I saw the WWE on Fox Twitter saying put him in the fight pit. Sure. But I don't want the fight pit to be the only place Thatcher gets wins in. Um, with that said, where is Dexter Loomis? <laughs> you you got a uh, you got a big win over Cameron Grimes, and Cameron Grimes is, you know, not a small feat. Like he may not be a champion, but he he has a good win-loss record, and that is a pretty heavy win, a win of value, and he just wasn't there on Wednesday to capitalize off it. We'll see what happens next week. Pete Dunn and Killian Dane have a match. I I don't like Pete Dunn needing a distraction to beat Killian Dane. I'm just going to be really real. He, he just shouldn't. And... Honestly, I I don't like this for the brand thing. They they should break up, honestly. They should have broken up after war games. Just fuck it. Just stop being together. <laughs> and especially if uh Pat uh McAfee isn't gonna like be there, then there's truly no reason for Dunn and Dunn and the Britain brawlers to truly entertain each other anymore, honestly. It's just it, it, don't, it don't work for me, boss. NXT UK is carrying this NXT division. Grizzled Young Vets. Uh, Imperium. They're doing some really good stuff. Everrise was there to just be a body. But those two are doing some really good stuff. And shit, they needed tag teams. Hopefully they can get it. I, I, I would like to see the uh, Grizzled Young Vets take it off the... Uh, down brawlers like they can go in ring but like man these these niggas some dorks bro <laughs> they just some dorks to me man uh it's not hitting anymore for some reason i i just don't know why like i still like oni oni lurking in the ring i still like danny birch in the ring but they just haven't been in the uh in the ring a lot like outside of war games so like um i'm not moved by them currently uh, Zaya and Boa, they're going through their blood sport montage, getting hit with kendo sticks and bloody knuckles. I have no idea what <laughs> is going on or what it's truly going to lead to, but I- I'm fucking with it. Honestly, I like it. Uh, I blood sport is one of my favorite movies. It reminds me of blood sport. So how the fuck am I hate it? <laughs> and whoever is the she that they're referring to. Oh, maybe they get uh, announced at New Year's Evil, because this seems like a very like evil thing. So after probably after Io Shirai's match or something, 
maybe she makes her presence known. God knows. But now we're going to get into AEW slash Impact. Tony Khan himself said, without that match, there's no AEW. So you might say that Kenny and Don created AEW. So I watched Impact. But I will say that I only watched the Kenny promo. And I will say outright the promo that was on impact is i would say infinitely better than what we got on dynamite especially since it was the same thing just delivered poorly i'm not gonna say that i liked the whole promo i i i liked it in bits and pieces i will say that Don Callis talking about his history at Kenny Omega and the Golden Sheik being the invisible hand in this man's success. All that stuff was really, really good. Like, I I really enjoyed that stuff. Like, it, it just shows that, like, yeah, he had his back. And, you know, is it a coincidence that I'm always there during Kenny Omega's biggest wins? Like... Just being the invisible hand that like works his magic for Kenny Omega, like I think that's really good stuff. Then the promo continued. Kenny Omega spoke, and that's when it kind of just went all downhill for me. Kenny Omega, honestly, he he's not a Ric Flair kind of person, you know. Like I'm not buying the rich the rich guy or you know super cocky motherfucker from him like i'm truly not buying it him wearing like these suits coming in the helicopter big timing people driving in the suvs you know trying like pseudo being big, big time up there with like flair rick rude or you know any other person that just fills that mold kenny omega doesn't fill that mode for me i think with Don Callis doing a lot of the talking for him, it works. Don Callis can talk. He can he can do what Kenny truly can't. And that's move me. When Kenny Omega spoke in that promo on Dynamite and on Impact, it just it it, it, just, it just went downhill. Him mentioning the Montreal screw job, him saying Moxley, him saying tough enough, uh him calling Don Callis the architect. I don't think a lot of people uh, caught that. Uh, calling him the architect, like it, it does that shit doesn't work for me. <laughs> but uh, I definitely like the stuff on Impact more. And Don Callis said something. You know, I said all that, but my eyebrow truly didn't like raise, and I didn't scoff until he said he brought back the seven star Kenny Omega. We saw that match that he John saw. Uh, we saw the match that he had with John Moxley. You know he capping. You know he capping. He ain't back. The cleaner ain't back. So we can stop that shit right there. I think if anything, they should truly start reinventing his character or building something new. And I think that that promo, that moment, was the time to do it. I I saw the Impact promo on YouTube and 
when Don Callis said that, you know, I brought the cleaner back. I just I, I was scrolling down the comments and I saw somebody said, yo, like there's the clean like the cleaners back. And then they said Kenny the Conqueror. I like that. <laughs> I know it sounds corny and you may be raising your eyebrow, but I liked Kenny the Conqueror. Uh, because it's different. Honestly, like I, I, I think that's the sole reason. And that could have been the new character because Kenny Omega is on top of the world on a, he think he is on AEW, but he's most likely going to be the top dog against whoever the hell he has his impact match with. So I think Kenny the Conqueror would have been really cool. Uh, so, one last thing before I get off the impact uh, segment. I, I, w- I was going to slide by, then it, it came to me. So, somebody told me that Impact Champion, I believe, uh, Rick Swan had a had a little cameo in uh, in the Kenny Omega segment where he was like, kind of like, you know, tr- treated like he was like a small time, uh, small time wrestler. Like he got big time by not being able to enter an area that Kenny Omega was in, I believe. I didn't watch the whole thing, but that's what I was told. And if they're going to do Rick Swan versus Kenny Omega, one, yikes, two, the match... I don't know. Will it be good? I don't really have a lot of like memories of Rick Swan's matches in the WWE. But shit. Maybe he could perform at a high level and get something uh really going out of Kenny Omega. Like he he was a cruiserweight, so he's extremely fast. Maybe they can do something with that. But I don't know. And that's how I'm gonna egg that <laughs> in that segment. <laughs> Um, so last week we were questioning if Sting is an active competitor in AEW or not, or is he just going to be an in-ring personality? (sighs) Sting confirmed and other uh, publications confirm that he is signed a multi-year deal as a wrestler. Now, I am worried. I am scared, but when the matches stink, I'm just gonna call. I'm I'm gonna call a spade a spade. Uh, he he teased. Uh, he teased doing something with Darby Allen, and he teased something uh, to do something with Cody. Okay, we all thought the Cody thing was gonna happen anyway, but if he's gonna do Darby Allen too. Then sure, fuck it, why not? Sure. And as far as how important this is on this show, I will say, I don't know if this is a true metric or mean anything to you guys, but this segment blows the Kenny segment on Dynamite out the fucking water. Kenny Omega is not the biggest star on his promotion right now. He with with bringing Sting in, he is the shit, probably the fucking fifth biggest guy on the EW right now. And I think that's kind of bad. This uh kind of reminds me 
of that time where CM Punk was champion, but they had Shawn Michaels and HBK going on, and then, you know, eventually they needed the title for that, and then they're just like, alright, fucking get it off Punk. So, this is... It, it reminds me of that, and that's not a good thing, of course. So, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> the the seven-star cleaner or whatever is just not the biggest thing happening. And since Cody did that weird stipulation thing where he can no longer challenge for the title, I think that's a detriment to him because he is truly the biggest thing going on on AEW, whether we like it or not. So... It's a shame for Kenny Omega. We're going to go into the main event. Actually, no. Before we go into the main event, I want to talk about the women since we can kind of just do all the women stuff in one go, uh, one swift go. I do not like Jade Cargill, uh, Cargill and Nyla Rose being around Vicky Guerrero. I really don't. I don't watch AEW Dark. I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know why Nyla Rose is still with Vicky Guerrero. Clearly having a manager does not work. So you should probably just move on <laughs> and do something else. I do not like the involvement of Vicky Guerrero. I I don't like all these managers that are on AEW. It just doesn't work for me. Abaddon is giving me Fiend vibes. I said that she would be really good for the Halloween stuff. I still stand by that. It is almost Christmas. It ain't work. <laughs> it ain't working for me no more. Truly giving me Fiend vibes where I'm fucking with the look. I love the dead eyes. I love the dead teeth or uh, the dead bloody teeth. The makeup, everything. But when she was in that ring with a... Uh, I think her name was like Teresa Price, something Price. Dog. <laughs> that shit stunk, brother. That shit was not good. Very worrying. Uh, Hikaru Shida came out and did her thing. When they have their match, she is going to have to do one hell of a carry job. Because Abaddon was not looking it in that match. I think that was a terrible showcase. Um... I, I'll probably go out of my way and see some of her AEW dark matches. Hold me to that. But what I saw on Dynamite was not good. And once again, you know, the stuff that kind of involves Brandy is kind of just a much more big of a deal. And uh, also to mention, I slightly forgot it. In the segment with Jade Cargill and uh, Nyla Rose, Serena Deeb's and I believe Ivelisse was there. So I think that may lead to like some sort of multi-man match. Or a multi-women match for AEW Dark. Uh, shit, I said AEW Dark by accident. Maybe it'll happen on AEW? God knows. But uh, yeah, that's about it for the women. And for the main event, Orange Cassidy versus MJF. Hey, yo, man. <laughs> They're not doing my man's Orange Cassidy a service. They're not doing Miro a service. They're not doing the Inner Circle a service. We'll get more into that. Uh, I I thought this match was very, very bad. Uh, I my my patience is starting to wear thin for 
or my tolerance is wearing thin for MJF and my patience for Orange Cassidy is wearing thin as well. I truly like a lot of things that he do. Like I, I like him in ring, but just the way they book him is just like, why? He's honestly one of the best things on the show and you're just, just really whittling him down. Like I get he's a baby face, but him getting screwed by Miro, them uh, doing some weird stuff with the inner circle, getting involved in well uh, as in, involved as well, and it was like a weird lumberjack match. I don't know what that was about, but nah, man, they, they, this shit not doing it for me. MJF doesn't truly do it for me in any capacity. I'm truly waiting to see this amazing in-ring work that people say he has, and. At the end of this match, I think that MJF is kind of more or less an afterthought because when the match ended, I was just like, oh man, when is uh, Miro and Orange Cassidy going to uh, happen? Like, I wasn't thinking about MJF's future. And that may just be because I don't like him, but like, I didn't even think about MJF when the match was over. And I don't think about the diamond ring ever, but you know, whatever, we have to have the match. And that's AEW, and we're going to get into some quick hits. There's a lot. Uh, I, I didn't feel like I can truly go long on these, but there are a lot of quick hits. Moxley's not present. Please be at Wrestle Kingdom. I need... Please go have a banger with Kenta. Kenta has been one of my favorite wrestlers in New Japan currently. Just go out there and have a banger with him. It's truly needed. And please drop the U.S. title. Um but please be at Wrestle Kingdom. FTR came back, had a really good match against the Varsity Blondes, uh, Brian Pillman Jr., who I wasn't really high on until this moment, and um, Griff Garrison. I'm not sure who he is, but he had an impressive showing. I think they need to change the Varsity Blondes thing is to, well, I guess since it's part, it's part of his legacy, uh, too close to the Hollywood Blondes for me. But maybe that's the fucking point, and I'm just being a dummy, and don't really care for nostalgia like that. But it is what it is. The Bucks and Hybrid Two had a really good match, and I've always been high on the Hybrid Two. And after this match, I definitely think they should be featured on the show more, and they should eventually truly win those tag team titles at some point. Like I think Ed Helico and Jack Evans are just as good as the Bucks are. Like, they're, they're really good competitors, and I don't want them to be slotted into the Jungle Express role where these are the credible guys that you beat until they're no longer credible. Um, inner Circle, Breakup Angle, blow me. Fuck out of here. Kiss my ass. All sorts of disrespectful uh, phrases for this segment. I don't care where the inner circle, uh, whether they decide to stay or not, but I need LAX to get out of there. I need them to be a truly of importance uh, on AEW. And I believe Santana, or I still can't remember the fuck. I believe it's Santana. He's still not there. Might be vo uh, COVID vacation, but he is not there once again. It is very confusing, but him and LAX, they need to do something. They truly, uh, it's it's blowing my mind how there's still not a factor in the AEW tag division. 
truly infuriates me. Um, I already said about that. I don't know why I typed that twice. Uh, so Lance Archer, Phoenix, Pentagon Jr. versus the Kingston family, Eddie Kingston and Butcher and Blade. And watching this whole thing, I only had one question. Where's Pac? Why the hell is Lance Archer here? Why isn't it Pac? I know AEW likes to weave a lot of storylines together. So, like, you know, not everybody is, like, sort of in their own bubble unless you're Cody. There's a lot of stuff going on between the Kingston family and Death Triangle featuring uh, Lance Archer. But if you're going to do a mo- if you're going to do a trios match and not have the actual trios teams fight each other, then what the hell are you doing? Like this definitely this match should have been it could have been the damn main event if uh if they were smart, it could have been Death Triangle versus the Kingston family. I don't know why uh it was Lance Archer for some reason. Not that I'm sad to see Lance Archer. I think he's great, but like why why is it Pac here? You you spent all this time trying to get him back to the U.S. and he's here and you're not utilizing him. Like, come on, guys, let's one of your literally one of your best wrestlers on uh, AEW. Like, utilize him. The Shaq and Brand- Brandy segment. Fuck out of here. Um, no. Same for the inner circle state. Uh, the inner circle segment. All sorts of disrespectful uh, phrases. I'm not with it. Uh, everybody keeps talking about the match that Shaq is going to have with Cody, but it seems like Shaq is just really, uh, really involved just for Brandy and uh, Brandy and the Jade match, which I think is cool. Like they're not just heavy handedly doing uh, or like heavy handedly foreshadowing the Shaq and Cody thing, which will eventually happen. But, you know, it's not being the central focus right now. And this is the closest thing that we're going to get to two women's storylines on the show. So, growth, but it's a half step. Uh, and that's AEW. I'm not, I will say I loved War Games. I thought the pay-per-view was amazing. But for NXT and AEW this week, I'm not fairly high on both of these shows. I'm going to be honest. I I thought NXT was missing a lot. And that's mostly due to a uh, fuck ton of people getting injured during uh, after war games. And the opening segment. I don't know. I'm being extremely harsh on that opening segment. But it truly just puzzles me. And Ciampa just being this hitman. Coming, uh, coming after all the truly. All the like. All the new talent. You know like all like what's. The people that are supposed to be next up for NXT, and he's beating them and not passing the torch. Like, honestly, he should have been doing, in my opinion. Uh, AEW. Cody. Uh, Sting is a bigger deal than anything that happens on the show. I am surprisingly moved by all the tag stuff uh, this week. I'm normally not uh, into tag team wrestling like that, but this week they did... Uh, FCR and the Bucks, they did their thing. And yeah, that's it. That's our show. 
And you can check us out on RNC Radio Live, the A-Show RNC on Twitter. You can follow me at H underscore visibility. And there's a special treat happening this week. I was a guest on Wrestle Rap Podcast with Emilio Sparks and Vin this week. You can also check that out. I give my thoughts on some other AEW topics, mainly about the women's division. I talk about CM Punk's quotes on oral sessions uh, with Renee. Uh, oh man, how do you say it? I I had it on the tip of my tongue and I messed it up. Also, I've re-recorded this, but uh, with uh, f- the person formerly known as Renee Young. <laughs> and there's other shows on the A Show RNC channel. You could check out. Three Writers Room, The A Show, Spot Callers, coming intimate, uh, coming out imminently, man. I, I did that alongside because I don't really know, man. It's about to be that 15th, and he hasn't watched it yet. You know who I'm talking about. And with that said, see y'all next week. Peace. <laughs>